Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. You are not qualified to turn your nose up at the solution paths the teacher is offering you if you don't try them. And that's where you can get honest with yourself about your resistance. Because I have solved many problems for people and they won't accept the solutions because of their fear, because of their resistance. Hi, it's Joseph and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Imagine there's an iceberg between where you are now and where you want to go in life. Typically, we're taught that the obstacle between you and your goals is a lack of knowledge or skill, but that's just the bit of the iceberg you can see above the water. The real obstacle is underwater, unseen, and generally not talked about. But the act of overcoming this obstacle is also the key factor in an individual's fulfillment, both in business and in life as a whole. In this three-part series, I'll bring this obstacle into the light so that you can start confronting and eventually overcoming it. And I want to take a minute to tell you about my new upcoming course. Consider for a moment a question by way of introduction. What is your most important resource? What is your most important resource? Is it money? Is it time? Is it knowledge? Is it attention? I would offer it's none of these things. Your most important resource is your ability to change. Whatever it is you're after, it requires you to change. Have you noticed? New habits, new behaviors, new ways of thinking and being. Rarely does mere intention do the trick. You have to change. If you want different results in your life, you need to do new, often uncomfortable things that challenge you to be a different kind of person. And while we all like to say, I don't know how, or change takes time, the real reason that stops most people is their unconscious relationship to change itself. Your ability to identify the needed change and take effective steps to execute, I think, is everything. Many people know exactly what they need to do for years, even decades before doing it. And that gap is entirely about their relationship to change. So the question then is, Is it possible to change how you relate to change? And my answer is, you bet. The first step is realizing that's the issue. You were taught that knowing about something is enough to make a difference. And you know by now that it's not. There's an old saying in Zen, to understand and not to be is not to truly understand. How do you bridge the gap between mere mental understanding and true embodiment of what you know? How do you do this as quickly as possible? That's what you'll learn in this 11-week course beginning January 9th, 2020. Come prepared to become someone else who happens to be you. Courses are free for Clear and Open members. For more information, head to clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I want to talk about a subject that is probably the most important determinant in not only your success as a clear and open member or a client, but 
anyone's success in life, anyone's fulfillment in life. And that is the subject of resistance. And I want to do a talk here that most coaches and therapists don't talk about, I don't think. And yet it's what most coaches and therapists and other helpers of human beings, doctors even, and you know, the whole professional services advisory sort of world. It's what we talk about when we get together and talk amongst ourselves. It's what we support our, each other with. It's a constant conversation in my experience. And I wanted to let you into that conversation because I think it would help. And I don't think it's a subject that is talked often enough about. And there's a lot to it. And so let's dive in. I'm, I'm sort of hesitating in some ways because I want to say like 25 things at once. This could take a while. So uh, I, I invite you to bring your undivided focus here because some of this may be challenging to follow, not because of its sophistication or anything, but because of this very subject of resistance. So the first thing to understand is that we all, human beings, resist. We all resist. In many aspects of our lives, for all of us, myself included, life is waiting for us to take a step through the door of fear, through the door of change, where a stronger, better, more evolved, more aware, more successful, more whatever version of ourselves is waiting. And it's right there in front of us. Whether you're wanting to become a better business person, a better manager, a better leader, a better guitar player, a better athlete, we tend to operate in a paradigm of you know, it's not working or one day it will happen or I don't know something yet that is going to help me get there. But what's truer, and there may be some truth to those things. Maybe there's some knowledge you're missing. Maybe there's a skill you need to practice. But those are just the tip of the iceberg. The Below the waterline of that iceberg is three quarters of that issue. And that is your resistance to engaging to following through, to applying what you know, to doing what you're afraid to do. And that fear may even be unconscious. That's what's so tricky about it. So what I see, and at the time of this recording, I've been coaching 17 years now. And what I see is an observation that is not unique to me, because many people have said this before me. That the problem is not that you are missing some knowledge or skill. The problem is that you let yourself be stopped by fear. And I think part of the problem of that conventional wisdom, fairly conventional wisdom, is that people hear it and they think, well, I don't, I'm not experiencing any fear, so that must not apply to me in this moment. But the thing is, is that the fear is almost always unconscious. So. I'm going to tell a couple of stories in this recording. And the first one I want to tell is, well, before I go to that story, one more thing. The work is almost never in the content of the work. The real work is in how you're relating to that work. So 
for example, if you've ever practiced a musical instrument, you know that the, the actual practice of the instrument is not rocket science. It's relatively simple. It may be physically difficult. It may be boring and tedious at times. I know from my own practice of guitar, it is. And I noodled around with guitar for 20 years before I actually buckled down and took lessons. Because every time I talk to someone about, and I took a few lessons here and there over those 20 years, but I never followed through. Because I remember one of the lessons was, uh, you know, in the first, it was a half an hour lesson and the teacher was like, okay, show me where an A is. And I played an A on the fifth fret of the uh, bottom string. This is good, find another one. And I found another one. He's like, now show me all of the A's on the fretboard. And I just couldn't do that, not very quickly. And he's like, okay, so that's your homework for next time. Come back in a couple of weeks when you can find all the A's on the fretboard. Now, now after practicing a lot and working on memorizing the fretboard, that seems easy. But at the time, it seemed boring and didn't seem to have anything to do with the music I wanted to play. So the content of the work was know where all the A's are. And I saw where that was going. Next, it was going to be where all the C's are and all the D's and until you know where everything is, right? And that's just what you have to be able to do to be a great guitarist. But I didn't want to, right? There was this I don't want to in me that said like, well, that's hard and boring and I don't get to make music while I'm doing it. I don't want to do that. So I hired this expert guitar teacher, very good player, and said, show me how to play guitar like you do. And he said, okay, learn where all the A's are. And instead of doing that work, my relationship to the work was, I don't want to. And the, 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 what's needed in a situation like that is like, well, I don't want to, but now I'm seeing my I don't want to, and you're the guy who I'm hiring to make me a better guitarist, but I think I know better than you. I'm going to become a great guitarist my own way, right? Well, it would be another 15, 20 years after that lesson before I finally surrendered to taking lessons. And because I realized I just wasn't getting better like I wanted. And so I found a teacher and I just committed. I'm going to do everything this guy tells me to do. Because I saw that my relationship to the work before was disengaged. I thought I knew better. Which, when you think about it, really makes no sense whatsoever, right? Here's this guy who has become a great guitar player, and I'm not a great guitar player, but I'm going to like negotiate and resist and pick and choose what I do from what he tells me, right? It makes no sense whatsoever, but we all do this, right? So I'm in that position of the guitar teacher, right? I'm a teacher. And you're probably somewhere in, uh, in someone's life, you may be in this role as well as a manager. Certainly, if you're a parent, you know what it's like when you know better in one way. We'll talk about that. When you know better, you know what the person needs to do to get what they want, and yet they won't do it. So I want to start by just framing this problem, because when you're on the receiving end of help, part of your job is to track that dynamic because you're going to have an I don't wanna. The expert, whether it's a therapist, a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, whatever it is, they're gonna say, well, in my experience and based on the principles that I work with and the thousands of people I've worked with, 
this is what you need to do. And of course, they can't tell you that's what you have to do or what you should do. That's between you and you. Only you can know what's best for you. And you've hired that expert. So your job as a client, as a student, as a child, whatever the recipient role is, is to learn how to track your resistance and watch yourself as the receiver of the help to make yourself maximally, optimally helpable. That means tracking your excuses, tracking your BS, tracking your laziness, tracking your fear, most importantly, looking really carefully at whatever it is that's in the way of doing the things that will get you what you want. Imagine what it would be like in the world if we snapped our fingers and all 7 billion people in the world, suddenly there was no resistance between them and doing the thing that would get them what they want. Imagine that for a second, right? All the people who are procrastinating going to the gym, jump up out of bed in the morning at 5 a.m. and go work out. All the people who have been procrastinating, quitting smoking, boom, cold turkey, it's done. And they deal with whatever comes up as a result, the difficult emotions or the pain that they've been avoiding. If What would happen if they just embraced that? How great a guitar player would I be if I'd actually learned where all the A's were 20 years ago? It took me literally 20 years to learn where all the A's are, to actually begin to memorize the fretboard. Was it boring? Yes. Was it tedious? Yes. But it made me, I wouldn't say I'm a great player. I'm still working at it, but I'm a lot better than I was. So now one of the stories I want to tell. Long time ago, probably it was about 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago, I worked with a client, let's call him Randy. Um, and Randy had a chain of about six or seven uh, pro audio uh, home, home theater uh, retail locations in the Midwest. And Randy was a classic entrepreneur, upbeat, contagious enthusiasm, loved starting new things, had a hard time finishing things, and he wanted to have a national brand, right? Had a bunch of very successful uh, stores. This was actually, I remember now, this was uh, around 1999 or so. And uh, so I was working with him, and we discovered pretty quickly that a lot of his problems in his business came from lack of management. A lack of accountability, overwhelm, lack of systemization. And this is very typical. Uh, and that's another thing I want to talk about. With someone in my position, I can make it look like I've got some incredible intuition and incredible skills. And I have some talent and some natural ability at what I do in some ways. But what you find, if you went through all the training and experience that I've gone through, and this is true for many coaches and therapists as well, what you find is that human beings actually have a very limited set of problems that they have an infinite variety of uh, variations on. And so when I worked with this client, I saw you know, problem number four of 10 or so, or maybe 15. There's really not that many issues. So here was a classic entrepreneur who loved being excited, was easily bored, liked to be inspired all the time, and was weighed down by the tedious work of management. He didn't like it. He didn't like slowing down. He didn't like being organized. He just had a hard time with it. And basically, all of his problems stemmed from that. 
sort of like he didn't want to learn where all the A's were. It's boring. And yet, sometimes boring, tedious work is exactly what will get you where you want to go. So I brought to him, well, you need systemization and you need to start mentoring your people and they're kind of holding you hostage in some ways and you're not holding them accountable. And so you're dealing with messes all the time that you're having to clean up because your people are not self-reliant, self-responsible. They're not self-managing, so you need to manage them. Well, he dipped his toe in that water and had a hard time with it. And the I don't want to came up. And he just didn't want to do it. So there was a certain point I remember where we were chipping away at it, and I had to kind of constantly sell him on the idea. And this is what someone in my position has to do. So when someone, someone starts resisting it, they're not doing what they need to do to get what they want. Well, that puts me in sort of a salesperson position. Well, here's this benefit. Here's that benefit. Why don't you? And then I'll chunk it down. Well, you don't have to take on that whole project. What about just the next step? And that puts me, the, the person in my role, I'm not unique in this, we have to go and sort of start helping you to navigate your own resistance. And sometimes even asking the question, well, this is the way to get that. This is the way to get what you want. What is the resistance? Well, I don't think I'm resisting. I just think something else is important. Excuses like that. And of course, I can't absolutely know what someone should be doing. I've just seen thousands of times, here's what you do to get there, right? The guitar teacher can't absolutely know, well, to be a great guitarist, you need to know where all the A's are, right? Surely there are some great guitarists who haven't memorized the fretboard. But that teacher has seen time and time again that when you know all the notes on the fretboard, you, it's easier, it makes it more likely for you to become a great guitarist, right? So I'm going to talk more about this later on, this trick, trickiness between the helper knowing absolute truth, which of course they can't, and the helper having way more experience than you have of navigating through these kinds of things, right? It's sort of like, a, you know, if, if you want to stop having chest pains and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, you need to eat healthier, exercise more, and stop smoking, right? Do they absolutely know that that will solve the problem? No, they can't absolutely know that. Is it really likely that they're right? Has that been the case for many, many people that that doctor has seen? Yeah, to the point where it's probably worth trying. That's the thing. You as a receiver of teaching, of instruction, you're not qualified. You Hear me, you are not qualified to turn your nose up at the solution paths the teacher is offering you if you don't try them. And that's where you can get honest with yourself about your resistance. Because I have solved many problems for people and they won't accept the solutions because of their fear, because of their resistance, because they look at it from a distance and go, yeah, I don't really like that solution. I want to make my chest pains go away without having to quit smoking, without having to exercise more, without having to change my diet. Okay, then. Well, I'll hang around and continue to sell you on those ideas and convince you. You know, but well, just leave the food and the exercise alone and just quit smoking. Okay, well, don't quit smoking and just cut down to a half a pack. Just try something. Okay. So if there's frustration in me coming through, this is my side of the work. I'll get back to the story about Randy in a second. And this is what I work with as a coach. 
Because I really want to help. I love making a difference in the world. That's a personal self-interest I have. When the reason, one of the reasons I do what I do is because I get a personal thrill. I admit it. When people have breakthroughs, I, I have breakthroughs too. It's exciting. It's fun. I prefer that to the experience of talking about the same issue for years and not doing anything about it. I prefer that. Now, that being said, my own work is I don't know what the right experience is for the people that I work with. I don't know. Maybe you need to circle around the same issue for years. And so that brings us back to the story of of Randy. So it was 1999, and Randy decided that instead of working to become a better manager, he wanted to expand locations. He already had about six or seven locations, and he wanted to go to 12. And I said, well... Uh, that sort of bucks the conventional wisdom of getting your own house in order first before you expand. You see you've got a lot of messiness in your house and you're wanting to build bigger houses, have more houses, expand the house. So the conventional wisdom I said to Randy was, you're going to end up with a bigger mess. You're going to have more that you're not managing well and you're going to compound the the problems. You're going to increase them. That's what happens. And we went around the circles for a couple of hours talking about that kind of stuff. And he resisted a lot. And I made a mistake. I made a mistake with him. I pushed him really hard. And I said, uh, I I, I wouldn't say I withdrew support, but I said, you know, flat out, you're making a mistake. You know, the path is, I was a little righteous about it. The path is you get your house in order. You're not qualified to expand yet. You'll be making a bigger mess. And he needed my support. Now, there, I think in retrospect, there would have been a way where I could have said, well, that doesn't make sense to me, and here's why, but whatever you want to do, I'm here for you, which is a tricky and that I've since learned. That was a long time ago. Well, Randy called me. Uh, uh, Randy felt unsupported, and uh, we had quite a, a heated debate about it. And I thought I was right, and he thought he was right. The fact is, we found out years later, we were both right. Well, how could that be? Well, six years later, he called me up and said, Joseph, you were right. Those were his first words. First, I said, wow, Randy, it's great to hear from you. I've been emailing him a couple times every year, but he never responded. But uh, I never gave up on people. So he said, I was right. I said, really? How so? And he told me a harrowing story of having expanded to 11 or 12 locations in the year after we stopped working together. And then the dot bomb of 2000 happened. The economy tanked and uh, pro-home audio systems, home theater being a luxury item, the bottom fell out of that industry big time. He ended up in a couple million dollars of debt. His wife left him. He had to close all but one or two stores. And he was back on the sales floor. The whole thing collapsed. And he would have been in trouble even if he hadn't expanded, but he was in way more trouble because he'd expanded an operation that uh, wasn't working well in the first place. And he told me about a half hour of, of how bad it was, and he still had half a million dollars in inventory that was now outdated that he was just sitting on and um, was just depreciating before his eyes. But the thing about the story that really touched me and amazed me was After his wife left him, and his marriage was not in good shape even before he hit bottom like that, but after his wife left him, he remembered a woman that he'd fallen in love with in high school, and he just couldn't get her out of his mind. 
And he looked her up using the power of Google, found that she was living in the UK and jumped on a plane and went and found her. And a year later, they were married. And so by hitting bottom, by going through all of this pain, which never fails to sort of um, distill us down into our deepest values, our deepest truths, our deepest desires, he realized that he'd actually always been in love with this woman. And he went and found her. And he'd never been happier. So now the really interesting question, right? So I was right in quotes, that he needed to not expand. It probably would have been better for him not to expand his business right before the dot bomb. I didn't know that was going to happen, but I was offering the conventional wisdom of get your own house in order, right? So I was right in content, but in context, did he maybe do exactly what he needed to do? Did maybe he need to hit that bottom? Did he need to burn up in his own flames so that he could rise from his own ashes? and discover what was most important to him. If he'd never dealt with that quote-unquote failure, would he have not realized what who his true love was and, and pursued that? Impossible to know, right? So I've been doing this a really long time, and people come to me with suffering, and I can see the solution paths. Sometimes it only takes me minutes. I'm going to tell another story in a, in a little bit about that. Sometimes it takes me minutes to see what the solution path to that suffering is. Does that mean I'm right? No. Of course not. How could I know? How could I absolutely know what's right for you? I can show you the way in which you're causing your own suffering and be right about that. The same way the doctor knows that, you know, the smoking and the extra weight and the unhealthy food is causing the chest pain and know that the likelihood is eventually that will cause a heart attack. The doctor can be, you know, largely right, not absolutely, but largely right about that. But can the doctor know that you should change that? Can the doctor know that you need, that you should not have a heart attack? Maybe that heart attack is exactly what you need to wake you up to what's really important. Maybe it won't change otherwise. And this is the hardest thing for me. And I think many people in my industry to walk this line of like, ah, I know exactly what they need to do. And what do I know? It's between you and life, right? Maybe I needed to be frustrated for 20 years about my uh, guitar playing and and how it was going nowhere. I needed to, to find that real inspiration in me. I needed to waste, in quotes, 20 years of being a hack guitarist before I would actually take it seriously. No one can tell you what the right path is for you. And at the same time, there are these principles. So that's the paradox of it. That's the paradox of it. And this is where your responsibility as a receiver of help comes in. Because if you're not getting what you want, if you're suffering in whatever way that is, No one can tell you what you should do. And have you noticed when they do, you resist, right? So I can only show you, like any helper, I can only show you the door and encourage you to try it to see if it fits. But if you resist from a distance and say, well, that's not my path, without actually taking a couple steps down it, then what do you know? What do you know? 
especially if you hear yourself saying things like, I don't think that will work. Have you tried it? No. Then I guess you don't know, do you? Or there has to be some other way. Well, what other way do you have? Do you have any other way? If you don't, then try this way. Then try this way. But it could be that you need to subject yourself to failure, loss, bankruptcy. Maybe that's what you need. But wouldn't it be great if you could have the breakthrough, if you could get the learning without having to go through that pain? Wouldn't, don't you sort of owe that to yourself? Wouldn't you like to find out? I think everyone needs to hit bottom somewhere in their life. I certainly have many times. And while it's true that pain is the greatest teacher that we have, and it sure seems like some things we'll only learn through pain, don't we have a self-interest to do our best to try to learn without having to go through that experience? It's certainly true sometimes we do that, right? Sometimes we learn stuff without having to go through the failure ourselves. Sometimes we see someone else do something and go, whoa, I'm going to not do that. I'm going to not drink and drive. I'm going to not not wear my seatbelt. I'm going to, you know, not smoke cigarettes. There's tons of things that we learn not having to go through the experience ourselves. So it certainly is possible. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.